that says sell the team and has Martha's board space like in the E. The owner of the Lions. I know. <laughs> I have one of. There you go, sir. Oh, my jacket. Let's get my D going so we don't have dead air. Yeah. Hi, this is Boja, and when I'm in the area, I listen to WCBN FM and Arbor. Hello, this is Blair. I'm here with Tracy Chapman, Ben Harper, Tom Waits, and Patty Griffin. You guys don't want to speak? Okay. They've elected me to let you know that you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Where the light beams, where the mind dreams, and life seems to go on forever. Where the bones break, where the stones shake. Well, uh, good evening. It's uh, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Gray Matters is the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And, uh, well, luckily the holidays are soon upon us, so we'll have kind of a maybe a week of peace and quiet. Relative well, to the craziness that's been going on in the last couple of months with all the let's see lying how, going on. Yeah, let's see how well uh, uh, Mr. Twitchy Twitter uh, can sit still yeah. over over the uh, the holiday break. Well, and yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into this military story too much, but it does strike me as a little bizarre that the president would intervene in a military discipline uh, case where he's trying to defend uh, a guy who, by all testimony, committed war crimes in his court-martial. Yeah, you know, they they lo deliberately yeah. lied to protect this guy. It's the Navy's right yeah. to protect its reputation yeah. by, you know, uh, condemning people who take trophy photos with corpses. Yeah. And it's important to note that it was... The men who served with him, who reported him, right? So that, that's you know called a, that's self policing. That's it's a whistleblower thing, right? Oh hey, you know we, we're all a team. We work together as a fighting unit, but a number of us uh, have very strong concerns about the behavior of this one guy, and that's the way these. That's how you fix things that are wrong, is people who know the difference between right and wrong step forward and say something. And that's, you know, we saw that all last week uh, with the uh, testimonies in front of the House Intelligence Committee. Right, because what we did not see was the deep state. What we saw was more of a 
solid state of people that were following the chain of command. Uh, John Bolton, oddly enough, uh, emerges uh, much better than heretofore we've believed. I, of course, disagree with Bolton on most policy issues, but uh, he may become a very interesting witness if uh, well, the subpoena thing is upheld. I don't know what time you left the house. You heard the Too breaking early. news. Uh, uh, you got 55, it. it came through yeah. that the federal court uh, has ruled the judge is saying Don McGahn must appear before Congress. He will be allowed to utilize executive privilege regarding matters of national security. But as you say, solid state, this is the system, uh, co-equal branches. Uh, the presidency cannot assert these broadly naked claims of kingly powers. And so here again, the courts have determined, no, no, uh, Don McGahn must appear before Congress. And of course, this sort of opens the door for John Bolton. And others. And let's face it, I mean, as more facts are coming out, it's quite obvious that Mike Pompeo is more involved in this. Uh, Mick Mulvaney, Mr. Peabody, uh, <laughs> he's... He might be in deep doo-doo because it sounds like he's the one that actually sort of uh, immediately after the call went down to the OMB to find out if they could withhold the aid, quote, legally. Uh, well, the interesting thing about that, and that was the breaking story sort of over the weekend, I don't know, it was Friday night, that White House counsel was going through the email. So the White House was examining itself in a way, but... What it turns out is probably happening there is that this is more snake fighting uh, in the Trump administration where, uh, what's his name, uh, Cicerelli, Cipperelli? Uh, oh, the, 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 white, the new White House new lawyer, white House Cipollini, Cipollini. Kind of wants to be the chief of staff. <laughs> and so, I mean, who leaked this information? Probably the White House counsel. Uh, it's just another way to undermine uh, Mulvaney. And so, you know, get ready for throwing under the bus season uh, to go full tilt. Which Giuliani conveniently uh, noted over the weekend that he wasn't worried about it since I've got some stuff on the president. He pretty much. Well, his I've got insurance. Yes, insurance. I was like, insurance? What kind of insurance? Uh, Is that... uh, (laughs) I know some Ukrainians that are not going to like this. Uh, of course, you know, his, his business dealings are starting to uh, become murkier and murkier. And whether or not he complied with the uh, Foreign Agents Relation Act is another uh, thing open to question. Uh, of course, he hired a criminal lawyer several weeks ago. Well, reviewing Watergate history, which I've been doing recently for partly a personal project, and also because of its ongoing relevance. Sure. Uh, you know, Mulvaney, Pompeo, uh, Pence, all these guys, about a year from now, might be looking at criminal uh, indictments. Sure. Uh, obstruction. A conspiracy to obstruct. Um, Which, of course, was one of the reasons that Nixon could no longer control the cover-up. He reached a point where mm-hmm. too many high-ranking aides like Ehrlichman... And uh, Mitchell and Haldeman were were being indicted. John Dean, of course, 
facts. Remember, he testified in June of 73. The articles of impeachment weren't even actually written up and voted on until July of 74. That's right. So this process may take a while. I, over the weekend, was reviewing my constitutional law book uh, and sorting out the details of the actual articles of impeachment that were written up by the House Judiciary Committee. For Nixon. For Nixon. And there, there were, were five. There were three that passed. Three that passed. Uh, and, and the interesting thing was Article 3 was actually addressed the issue of refusing to comply with subpoenas. Stonewall. We can just stonewall. We can just stonewall. And Rodino, uh, who was chairman of the Judiciary Committee uh, back in 74, had exchanged numerous letters with Nixon about his refusal to comply with these uh, Judiciary Committee uh, subpoenas. And let's remember, by the way, that Adam Schiff is not chairman of the Judiciary Committee. He is the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. So uh, he's pulling together a report, he's which his committee inquiry. has prepared. Yeah. Preliminary inquiry. deliver that yeah. to the Judiciary Committee, who then may choose to call some witnesses of their own. Sure. And Jared Nadler, who is a fellow New Yorker, it's kind of been interesting in the last uh, six months, I would say, Donald Trump went after Schiff and... Uh, he went after Chairman Cummings, who was chairman of the Oversight Committee. They're the ones that heard uh, Michael Cohen uh, low these many months. I think that goes back Seems to— Seems like years ago now, but late, it's— Late February, early right. March. But he, uh, Trump was trashing Cummings and Schiff all year. Now, Nadler, he's sort of not said much because— Nadler holds the cards, ultimately, on the actual articles of impeachment. The other thing that was interesting were the votes on the impeachment articles themselves. Uh, the first one basically involved with the Watergate crime and cover-up. The second article of impeachment involved Nixon's abuse of the constitutional rights of citizens in America. Mm -hmm. Stuff like bugging Opening the mail. Using, using the IRS as harassment. Yep. Using the INS to go after John Lennon. Now, yep. that's not mentioned in the Watergate. But that was all happening at that time. That was happening at the time. We later learned from Freedom of Information uh, work uh, done by um, a journalist at The Nation whose name is Weiner. Uh, Weiner, I think is how I pronounce it. Yeah, yeah Weiner. Um, I can't remember his first name. John. John, yeah. he's got a great book on the uh, shenanigans of the abuse of uh, uh, governmental agencies regarding um, the INS. Strom Thurmond was involved, a whole cast of evil people. It's also interesting to note, by the way, in the last couple of weeks, there's another whistleblower uh, complaint out there. And this is about interference with the IRS. Yep. Uh, this involves Mr. Mnuchin. We represent the lollipop guild. Yeah, um, he's one of the ultimate yes men. Um, so there sounds like there may have been some interference um, from somewhere, probably on behalf of Donald Trump, to cover things up, muddle things up create this confusion and whatnot. 
So the articles of impeachment, what was interesting was Article 1 and 2 were basically approved uh, 28 to 10, 27 to 11. But the subpoena, uh, withholding the subpoena um, cooperation only passed 21 to 17. So there was less support in the Judiciary Committee over the subpoena issue. And, of course, the House of Representatives at that point said, well, we don't want to stall this out anymore. So they sort of said, well, we'll just stick with the high crimes and misdemeanors issue. And it was very interesting if you carefully parse Will Hurd's statement, his final comment uh, in the hearings. He said that he didn't see, he didn't approve or agree with a lot of the things Trump had done. Uh, He thought they were wrong. And then he said, but I don't see any evidence of bribery that would rise to being an impeachable offense. And I thought to myself, well, how interesting. He didn't mention high crimes and misdemeanors. And that, of course, may be where the Judiciary Committee ultimately goes. They're not going to waste time with treason. That's very difficult. Well, bribery, because it's specifically addressed and it's a fairly easy to define term and, you know, most people with a high school education can understand it. I think there may have been an emphasis on bribery uh, with uh, the Intelligence Committee. Sure. Uh, For a variety of reasons, because Trump has already uh, knowingly paid off Stormy Daniels and uh, Karen McDougal with hush money. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How it can't be more crystal right. clear it's the, as the bribery. pattern of behavior is well established. Well established, and it might be mentioned in the articles of impeachment uh, because the actual construction of the articles themselves contained paragraphs that said President Nixon um, did not faithfully uh, uphold his oath of office, did not ensure that the... Um, laws of the American Constitution would be uh, faithfully upheld. And then it listed he's guilty of one or more of the following. And then, of course, they list the House of Horrors that Nixon was involved in, essentially abuse of power, you know, um, manipulating the CIA, a range of investigative of agencies, criminal yeah. behaviors. I yeah. mean, let's be blunt. Everything from the lowest form of chicanery to uh, hush money payments and extortion. Sure. So. And of course, this is part of what's in the Mueller report. And Indeed. there are some people that have sort of dismissed the Mueller report. But I suspect that Jared Nadler is actually studying the Mueller report quite extensively and that this Ukrainian angle, well, look, it just popped up recently. I mean, the the American public only found out about it on the 20th of September. I'll never forget that date because when I heard the story break, I was break, break. I was on my way to the global warming um, climate change uh, mm. protest here in town, uh, here in town, up on the Ingalls Mall. By the way, it was an unusually hot day that day. It was 85 degrees on September 20th. Um, but that will we'll leave that uh, weather anomaly for another time. Um, but there was another thing that was brand new in the, in the, in the actual testimony of these uh, civil servants. 
Donald Trump moved the goalposts on Zelensky uh, because towards the end he was demanding that Zelensky go on CNN and announce the investigation. In right. other words, specifically, he had to appear yeah, at a microphone at a on a cable network, right? Like, for example, CNN. So and deliver a message. It can't be on Fox. That would look biased and mm-hmm. suspicious. And my fingerprints can't be on it. Zelensky has to do it. So you actually have three elements of the um, bribery situation here. This for that. The military aid that was clearly withheld. The the issue of the meeting. The issue of the investigations. And the issue of the public statement. So you really have three things that Zelensky had to perform. Obviously, the July 25th call makes no mention of uh, the CNN announcement. That's sort of an—it emerges as a kind of an afterthought follow-up. Oh, you know what? He's going to do that. Let's do it this way. Right. That becomes part of the new game plan after Trump gets some assurances from uh, Sundland, who— was a comical witness in many ways. <laughs> and actually, on the note of Sondland, one of the most uh, eye-popping moments from his testimony was the admission that, well, my understanding was the Ukrainians didn't even need to really do the investigation, but he had to make a public announcement to that effect. Sure. Because that's all they wanted was the dirty story. And then, you know, you can just keep pointing to it and go, oh, well, Biden's uh, under investigation for blah, blah, blah. Uh, they didn't even care about uh, getting to the bottom of corruption. Right. And, so. of course, Sunlin also revealed that Trump didn't, mm. quote, give a blank, a fig. That was the word they used about the Ukraine. Uh, we learned all kinds of expletive deleted. Ex- <laughs> I, I thought my of the favorite water- phrase from my childhood <laughs> experience of Watergate. The Watergate tapes reemerge, and let's remember that Nixon put out his own version of the Watergate tapes on the 30th of April. Uh, his other proposal at one point that was quite amusing was that he wanted John Stennis, uh, who apparently was about 88 and could barely hear anything anymore. Oh, let's get a Democrat to listen to them. To listen to and, the tapes. And he can tell everyone they're okay. And <laughs> they picked a guy who was... Virtually deaf. Yeah. And those tapes were not well recorded because not everybody was speaking into the lampshade. Yeah. So. It was a lot of static. Uh, Room noise, background noise. In fact, the scholars are still going over uh, some of the tapes. They're, uh, some of them are housed in Virginia and some of them are down in Texas now for some interesting reason. Um, most of them are in Virginia. But I thought that, you know, Sondland was by far the most important witness. Of course, he said everybody was in the loop. Um, he said, oh, yes, the president called me at the restaurant. I was I was out with the boys and bought him a bottle of wine. This is the famous mm-hmm. phone call where Trump is shouting so loud that Sondland puts... <laughs> winces and, winces p- and pulls the phone away. Put, oh, God. And puts the phone away. And then Trump tried to suggest that the confirming witness... Um, the last fellow, and I'm forgetting his name. Holmes. Holmes, yeah, off the top of my head. He confirmed that that's what was on the substance of the of the call. So the call itself is confirmed. Right, and let's face it, uh, d- despite Trump's claims otherwise, 
listeners out there, Andrew, our engineer, we've all been someplace where somebody's on the phone. Yeah. And the other person that they're talking to is so loud. Yeah. You that, can, I mean, that's a common thing. It's a that's, common thing. And <laughs> some people have the volume on their phone turned super up. Super loud. Because right. they can't hear. Uh, Gordon Sunland is, I don't know, in his late 60s. Um, he's got a full head of hair. I wonder if he's gotten his million dollars worth yet. Well, and, and he, had, he had other amazing revelations, you know, but not only did he say out of the loop, in the loop several times, and, uh, you know, really embarrassing stuff, but he pointed out that the State Department, that mm -hmm. Pompeo was withholding records that he wanted. Exactly. So there you have it. I mean, he obviously is not going to fall on his sword to protect Donald Trump. There might have been some inconsistencies with some of his testimony here and there. Um, but I think that's all kind of small potatoes. Um, the basic gist of what he said has been proven. And how bizarre to see Jennifer Williams, another... Aid to Mike Pence. Aid to Mike or, Pence. Uh, yes, Pence. Yeah. Right. Be no defense from Mike Pence. She's thrown under the bus. Uh, Pence obviously has drank the Kool-Aid. And, you know, he made a little surprise appearance uh, to Iraq over the weekend. You know, it's interesting. I think I heard on the BBC that about 350 people have died in Iraqi protests in recent weeks. Compare that to the number in Hong Kong. Compare the mm. media coverage in the United States to the protests in Hong Kong versus the protests in Iraq, where the United States, of course, conveniently still has, inconveniently in, in this case, still has 15,000 troops. We're still occupying parts of Iraq for all kinds of reasons. And Iraq may still uh, erupt in a real civil war still, a sectarian war. Mm -hmm. We divided up Iraq. We destabilized Iraq. And we can't get out of Iraq uh, for all kinds of reasons. So don't buy into this I'm, I'm ending endless wars nonsense that Trump has been spewing off and on for the last couple of months. So he, he There's was, no evidence of it. It's just something he said. Yeah. It's one of those crazy things I would say because people want to hear it. You know why people want to hear it? Because they're sick of endless wars on the left and the right. Uh, but as should be clear by now and is to most people who try to inform themselves by reading and thinking and discussing, uh, Trump will say anything to placate his base but he will only do what is in his own personal interests. Not the country's interests, not his party's interests. Uh, you know, uh, attacking uh, the former ambassador by tweet while she's testifying. Uh, you know, that had to be upsetting for Republicans who are like, God, it's getting hard to defend this guy. On the very day that Roger Stone was convicted for doing that very thing. Right. Witness tampering. Yeah. Um, you know, the, how interesting to see over the weekend that good old Devin Nunez, the man that likes to tiptoe through the bushes late at night 
when he was chairman of the Intelligence Committee to... Sneaking information over to the White House. Yeah, how interesting that he allegedly met all kinds of Ukrainians in Vienna, according to the lawyer of one of the indicted Ukrainians connected to Rudy Giuliani. The plot thickens. Um, Nunez, of course, when given a chance to deny this story, did not do so. And he apparently now is under an ethics investigation. Aw, too bad. Uh, of course, you know, he promoted all kinds of nonsense when he, uh, when he was given an opportunity to speak. This notion, by the way, that there's a coup afoot is also complete rubbish. Uh, the Constitution is quite clear. If Donald Trump would be removed, I don't think he will be. We know that it's a high bar to overcome with regarding the trial in the Senate. Yeah, the two thirds is. I think it's a done deal. Not going to happen in the House. It's just not going to happen. But even if it did, Mike Pence would be taking over. That's not a coup. A coup is what happened to Evo Morales, where he's forced to flee the country. A coup is what happened to Mr. Yanov. Yovanovitch, the Paul Manafort a client who had to flee the Ukraine in February of Yanukovych in February of 2014. That's a coup. Okay. He's forced out. He's forced to run away. Or uh, Salvador Allende, who's murdered in a military coup. So Poroshenko, um, uh, you know, took over and... Uh, Trump didn't seem to be too concerned about corruption in the Ukraine when Poroshenko was president. Ah, oh, we got a new little, new young president who's very inexperienced, who I can intimidate uh, with military aid and all sorts of other blandishments. Uh, Sochin, by the way, was the prosecutor that Nunez allegedly met with. Sochin was the guy that Biden got canned uh, as part of American NATO IMF, mm -hmm. Western European policy regarding corruption in the Ukraine. And, oh, let's get out our violin and wonder what's going to happen to Netanyahu. <laughs> corruption. Well, the first thing I thought <laughs> of. been indicted for bribery. <laughs> was those posters that you'd see on, uh, on TV and in the papers of huge billboards, gigantic billboards of Trump. And BB standing side by side, hands firmly grasping each other. We stand together. Um, yeah. <laughs> Beware of lying down with dogs. You get up with fleas. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, Mike Pompeo just last week, I think it was a week ago tonight, announced that Israel can um, yeah, basically annex yeah, the West ahead. Bank. Um that doesn't sound legal or proper to me. And yet again is another example of the Trump administration orchestrating policies that may benefit Vladimir Putin. It seems to Indeed. me that if Israel is allowed to annex the West Bank as part of this ancient uh, Judea and Sumeria argument, the biblical argument that they make, uh, Vladimir Putin will use the same thing for the eastern Ukraine. And since Zelensky knows that Donald Trump betrayed the Kurds just a month mm -hmm. ago, he's also now become aware that Donald Trump has betrayed the Ukrainians. 
There was no quid pro quo, Donald Trump keeps saying. Well, and yet. <laughs> uh, we, you know, what we provided them with, with lethal aid, Obama didn't. Um, of course, the other really embarrassing factual situation is if you go back and check out the, the July 25th call, um, Donald Trump throws Angela Merkel under the bus several times. He keeps claiming to Zelensky, oh, we give, we do a lot for you. The, the Europeans do nothing. And, of course, what emerged from the testimony of one of the witnesses was, well, uh, the facts are since 2014, the Europeans have given Ukraine about $15 billion in economic aid, and the United States has given about $1.5 billion. Those are different numbers. They they really are. Um, you can do the math. Fifteen is greater by a substantial margin from one point five. Uh, the Europeans, by the way, on the lethal aid question, the reason that they didn't want to give lethal aid has nothing to do with whether aid is lethal or not. They wanted to give economic aid to help the Ukraine become part of the EU. Mm-hmm. It's a diplomatic maneuver. But the reason that they didn't want to give it is they wanted peace negotiations to happen. So how interesting that Zelensky is now going to meet Putin before he meets Donald Trump. Where is that meeting in the White House? Now, they got together at the U.N. when Donald Trump kind of patted him on the head and said, I didn't put any pressure on you, did did I? <laughs> I mean... That that was one of the more amusing things that happened. Well, when you say meeting in the White House there, you're referring, I believe, to Zelensky. Yes, Zelensky. Having a meeting at the White House. Of course, he a, met year him at ago, the UN. Yeah. a year ago, we were told, oh, Putin's coming to the White House for a visit. That'll be great. Then, of course, cooler heads prevailed. And, no, 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 no. That's, that's really bad <laughs> that idea for, look good. for a number of reasons. But... <laughs> Who knows if Zelensky's going to visit Putin or where they're, if they're going to meet in a, a neutral site, wherever that might be. Um, you can be sure that Trump will check in to get whatever his new marching orders are. What's what's the word, Vlad? You know, what are we doing now? Well, and of course, ending the war, which probably would would be a good thing for all concerned, may involve uh Annexation of the Donbass by Vladimir Putin. I mean, Donald Trump has just given him a wide open gate with this new policy with respect to the West Bank to allow Vladimir Putin to say, well, I can Mm -hmm. I can annex the Donbass. It's part of ancient Russia. Just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. We'd like to thank Andrew for engineering this evening. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a kind of a fascinating week. Let's also attack uh, the the whole effort on the Fox News Network in in trying to go after uh, Vindeman, uh, the military man. Because he's right. Born, he was born in the Soviet Union. He's a Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union. They emigrated when he was three, and he was part of that whole uh, <clears throat> Jackson Vanek Amendment 
uh, immigration that was permitted uh, during the 1970s and 80s um, <clears throat> from Russia and Eastern Europe, particularly people of Jewish background. Um, but going after him and trying to suggest that he might be a spy, uh, 